0: Welcome to Scripture and Prophecy. Thanks for joining me this morning. If you're new uh, and you're wondering about this podcast, it's really a podcast dedicated to Bible study. And of course we look at everything through the lens of Bible prophecy and acknowledge that we're living in a very interesting and prophetic time in human history. Uh, The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you'll go to the finding archives, links to the books. Uh, That's how you get access to biblical Hebrew for beginners. And uh, that's where you go to support this work, which is 100% listener supported. And so thank you to all of you who contribute to make this possible. And the Patreon subscribers, you're such a great blessing to me. And it's far beyond what I deserve. And I'm very, very grateful. Today we are resuming our Bible study in the book of 1 Samuel, and uh, we're ready for chapter 18 and 19, uh, maybe 20, but uh, we'll definitely try to do 18 and 19. Now, this is where the story starts to take a turn, and we see David brought into the uh, the king, King Saul's kind of inner circle, but then shortly after, we start to see the jealousy of Saul begin, and we start to see him become very violent and uh, angry and jealous towards David, and we start to see this issue where David is starting to have to hide and flee. Now, something that just came to mind as I was looking through this yesterday, preparing to read it for today, is that maybe in David's eyes, or as we're reading the story, it looks like God's favor is not on David right now, right? As we see Saul just coming down on him, and David's world seemingly to fall apart of no fault of his own, and bad things are just happening, right? And there's a lot of Psalms, in the book of Psalms written about this time period where David's afraid for his life and he's got all these enemies. And I was thinking, you know, just because it looks like the the things are falling apart and the world's come against you and you feel like God's not with you doesn't necessarily mean that's the reality. In fact, as we know, David will go on to become king of all Israel right now we think about Job as another example Job's walking in righteousness and then one day it all comes crashing down right and he loses everything he loses his health, his wealth and his children just a terrible uh, situation and it would look like God's favor or that God's love is not there but that's not the end of the story, and so just something I was thinking about, and maybe we, maybe we're some of us, maybe you, maybe me, maybe we're at a point in our lives where we're thinking, man, it's, it's it's like it's like everything's coming against me. It's like I'm barely hanging on. Has God forgotten me? Has God left me? And sometimes this is just a season to prepare you to strengthen, to strengthen your faith, to teach you something. It doesn't mean that you've just fallen out of God's favor. And so that's just something I was thinking about as I was reading through this. And uh, maybe it's something you can think about too. All right. Let's dig in. The first thing we're going to, the, the other, only other thing I want to notice to prepare the story is, is, you know, David goes from being welcomed, welcomed into Saul's kingdom. He forms this brother like bond with Jonathan Saul's son and they have a they have a great love and friendship for one another. David even marries one of Saul's daughters. And yet he still has to flee. It's very very interesting. All right. Might be the longest setup I've ever done. Let's uh, dig right in chapter 18 King James Bible verse Samuel. Let's begin. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day, and would not let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant, because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of his robe that was upon him, and gave it to David, and his garment, even his sword and his bow. And his girdle, and David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely, and Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. so right now it seems like everything's going great for David, right and then Jonathan, uh, best of friends, Jonathan. Jonathan views David like he views his own soul and he gives him you know he gives him his robe and his sword and all that Saul appoints David over the army and David is finding favor with everyone including Saul's servants verse 6 and it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of Philistine that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and declaring to meet King Saul with tabarets, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played, and said, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David tenths thousands and to me they have ascribed but thousands and what can he have more but the kingdom and Saul eyed David from that day forward and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house and David played his hand as at other times and there was a javelin in Saul's hand and Saul cast a javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided it out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. All right, let's just take a breather here. First thing that happens is David goes out to war, which he's, a good, he's good at war, right? Uh, that's why Saul points him over the men of war. And David comes back and everybody and the women come out of the cities and they're singing that song and we've and it's a very famous line and we've many of us have heard it. Saul has slain his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. And so Saul is seeing the favor that David has with Israel, and he's saying, What's left? You know, what's left for him to gain but the kingdom itself? And now the jealousy is set in and he says that he eyed David from that moment on. And so David's there playing music like always for Saul. And Saul imagines, I'm just going to pin this guy to the wall. Like Saul's jealousy is so raging that, he's, that this person that he brought in, like it's his own son, he's ready to spear to the wall with a javelin. The rage is is out of control. This happened two times, it said. But here's something else to note. Saul wasn't just jealous of the favor that he was having with men. Saul was jealous of the favor that he saw that David was having with God. Right? It says, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Verse 8, verse 13. Therefore Saul removed from him and made him captain over a thousand, and he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. And Saul said to David, Behold, my elder daughter Merab." Her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, let my hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistine be upon him. Let not my hand be upon him, but the Philistines be upon him. So Saul's thinking that he's going to set David up to be killed in war. Okay, Verse 18. And David said unto Saul, who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be the son in law to the king? And see so here we have here we have David being humble before the king, being respectful, acting wisely, even though the kings tried to spear him to death twice. David still remains upright. But it came to pass in that time, when Merab Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given unto Adriel the Melahothite the to wife and Michael Saul's daughter loved David and they told Saul and, the king, and it pleased the king and Saul said I will give him her that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him wherefore Saul said to David thou shalt this day be my son-in-law and the one in the twain so he marries off his other daughter that he promised to David right Now he's got Michael, this other daughter. He hears word that she actually loves David. So he's like, you know what? I am going to give my daughter to David. But it's for the purpose of being a snare to him. A distraction to him. And then maybe he'll be slain by the Philistines as a result. Verse 22. And Saul commanded his servants, saying, Commune with David secretly and say, Behold, the king hath the light in thee, and all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servants spake those words in the ears of David, and David said, Seemeth it to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed? And the servants of Saul told him, saying, On this manner spake David. And Saul said, Thus shall ye say to David, The king desireth not only dowry, but a hundred foreskins of the Philistines to be avenged of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. And when the servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law. And then the days were not expired. Wherefore David arose and went, and he and his men slew of the Philistines two hundred men. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full tale to the king, that he might be the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, to wife. So here we have the next setup attempt. Saul says, You want to marry my daughter? First, I need 104 skins of the Philistines. Thinking David will surely be killed in this process. And what does David do? Him and his men go out and they kill 200 instead of 100. So they bring Saul double because the favor of God is upon him. Verse 28 And Saul saw and knew. That the Lord was with David. And that Michael Saul's daughter loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. I keep saying Michael, but it's really Mikal. And in fact, I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at the Hebrew word real quick, just so I can tell you exactly what her name was. Yeah, it's so it's Mikal. Mikal is her name. Uh, So that's the real name. You'll hear people say, Michael, like I've been saying for this whole passage. And for those of you who get really irritated by that, I apologize. Uh, But yeah, so it's Mikal, Verse 29. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually. Then the princes of the Philistines went forth and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul so that his name was much set by. Okay, so that's chapter 18. We're getting ready to read chapter 19. I, want, I also want to notice something important for us to, to acknowledge and to maybe internalize and apply to our lives is that three or four times here, In these 30 verses of chapter 18, it talks about how David behaved himself wisely. Choose wisdom over pride, right? Instead of being like, oh, how dare he do this? Or, oh, why did he throw that javelin at me? Or, oh, why did he lie about giving me his, his oldest daughter? No. He continued to be humble before Saul. He continued to act wisely. And as a result of him walking rightly and using wisdom, God continues to show him favor, even though it may not look like he's under favor. He is because God has given him favor with all the people around him, which, of course, as a negative result, is just setting Saul off all the more, right? He's becoming more and more jealous, and it says that he became David's enemy continually. So now we're going to read chapter 19, which is Saul's third attempt to kill David. okay? And just so you know, this is going to be the theme for the next few weeks as we read through uh, for Samuel is this constant attempt of Saul to eliminate David because he's of his jealousy and as of his fear of David. All right, continuing on, chapter 19. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son, and to all the servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan Saul's son delighted much in David, and Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore I pray thee, take heed to thyself into the morning, and abide in a secret place, and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee, and what I see I will tell thee. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee were very good. For he did put his life in his hand, and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it, and disrejoiced. Wherefore then, wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan. And Saul sware, As the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all the things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. And there was a war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines, and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. And as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand, and Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with a javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. Saul also sent messengers into David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And Michal, David's wife, told him, saying, if thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou wilt surely be slain. So Macau let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Macau took an image and laid it in the bed and put a pillow over goat's hair for his bolster and covered it with a cloth. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, he said, He is sick. And Saul sent his messengers again to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed that I may slay him. When the messengers were come in, behold, there was an image in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster. And Saul said unto Michal, Why hast thou deceived me so, and sent away my enemy, that he is escaped? And Michal answered Saul and said unto me, Let me go. Why should I kill thee? So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel in Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and dwelt in Nathan. And it was told Saul, saying, Behold, David is in Nioth, Nioth in Ramah. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. And when it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. And Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. Then went he also to Ramah, and came to a great well that is in Seku. And he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they are in Nioth in Ramah. And he went thither to Naioth in Ramah. And the Spirit of God was upon him also, and he went on and prophesied until he came to Naioth in Ramah. And he stripped off his clothes also and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Wherefore they say is, wherefore they say is Saul also among the prophets. Let's go ahead and we're going to read chapter 20 also, uh, just because I feel like that's an awkward place to stop, so we got 42 more verses, and uh, let me just recap real quick. So, David, Saul tries to spear David again with a javelin. It kind of makes you wonder, like, is David sitting there playing music and just constantly watching Saul's hand because, like, he's done this twice and here he goes for a third time. And of course, Michal, David's wife. The daughter of Saul helps him escape. Saul's unpleased about this. David goes to Samuel the prophet and says, Look, he's trying to kill me. And they go away to this place in Ramah. And the spirit of the Lord is upon them. And of course they're prophesying. And then Saul sends messengers and they end up prophesying. Now Saul himself goes and now he's prophesying. And then the saying is, Is Saul also among the prophets? And then we get to Chapter 20, which deals with Jonathan protecting David. And then we'll be done for today's study. Verse 1 And David fled from Noath and Ramah, and he came and he said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid that thou shalt not die, behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it to me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David swore moreover, and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thy eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved, but truly as the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. So David comes to Jonathan, he's like, man, your father is trying to kill me. And Jonathan's like, no, that's not what's going on. I would know about it. And then David reaffirms, no, this is what's going on. Verse four, then said Jonathan unto David, whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. And David said unto Jonathan, behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at meat but let me go that I may hide myself in the field unto the third day at even. If thy father at all misses me, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me that he might run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he say thus, it is well. Thy servant shall have peace, but if he be very wroth, then he be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore thou shalt deal kindly with thy servant, for thou hast brought thy servant into the covenant of the Lord with thee, notwithstanding if there be me in me any iniquity, slay me thyself; for why shouldest thou bring me to thy father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from thee, for if I knew certainly that evil were determined by my father to come upon thee, then would I not tell it to thee? Then said David to Jonathan, who shall tell me, or would if thy father answer thee roughly? And Jonathan said unto David, come, let us go out into the field. And they went out both of them into the field. And Jonathan said unto David, O Lord God of Israel, when have I sounded my father about tomorrow? When I have sounded my father about tomorrow any time, or the third day, and behold, if there be good towards David, and I then send not unto thee, and show it thee the lord do so and much more to jonathan but if it pleases my father to do thee evil then i will show it to thee and send thee away and thou mayest go in peace and the lord be with thee and he hath been with my father as he has been with my father and thou shalt not only while yet i have i live show me the kindness of the lord that i die not But also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and thou shalt be missed, because thy seat will be empty. And when thou hast stayed three days, then thou shalt go down quickly, and come to the place where thou didst hide thyself, when the business was in the hand, and shall remain by the stone of a zeal. And I will shoot three arrows on the side thereof, as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a lad, saying, Go, find out, find out the arrows. If I expressly say unto the lad, Behold, the arrows are on the side of thee, take them. Then come thou, for there is peace to thee, and no hurt as the Lord liveth. But if I say thus unto the young man, Behold, the arrows are beyond thee, go thy way, for the Lord hath sent thee away. And as touching the matter which thou have I have spoken of, behold, the Lord be between thee and me forever. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon was come, the king sat down to eat meat. And the king sat upon his seat as at other times, even upon a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side, and David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul spake not anything that day, for he thought something hath befallen him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said unto Jonathan his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to meet, neither yesterday nor today? And Jonathan answered Saul. Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked to leave me, asked me leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Let me go, I pray thee, for our family hath the sacrifice in the city, and my brother, and he hath commanded me to be there. And now, if I have found favor in thine eyes, let me get away, I pray thee, and see my brethren. Therefore he cometh not into the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said unto them, Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman, woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thy own confusion, and unto confusion of thy mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and he said unto him, Wherefore shall he be slain? What had he done? And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and did not eat meat the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had done him shame. And it came to pass in the morning that Jonathan went out to the field at the time appointed with David, and a little lad with him. And he said unto the lad, Run, find out now the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad was come to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried out after the lad and said, Is not the arrow beyond thee? And Jonathan cried after the lad, Make speed, haste, stay not. Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the lad knew not anything, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his artillery unto his lad, and he said unto him, Go, carry them to the city. And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of the place towards the south, and fell on his face on the ground, and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another, and wept one with another, until David exceeded. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and he departed, and Jonathan went into the city. So there we have chapters eighteen, nineteen, and 20. Uh, And as you can see, Saul's anger and his jealousy just continues to grow and grow and grow to the point where he's throwing a javelin at his own son because of his hatred for David. And uh, like I kind of said in the beginning, you know, it may seem even from David's perspective that the Lord's favor is not upon him because all this is happening and all this has come against him and his life is falling apart. And now he's on the run. But the scriptures continue to tell us over and over that the Lord's favor was with David. And so I bring all this up just to say things may not be as they seem. And these are the points in our life when we just have to believe and have to have faith and have to persevere through the circumstance. Through the trouble, through the temptation, whatever it is. The scriptures tell us that, it's, that these things come just for... a short period of time to test our faith so that we might be tried, right? Uh, paraphrasing what Peter said. And so that's just what's been on my heart as we studied this this morning. And I pray that it's a word for all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.